shall we begin? Let the games begin. All right, all right, all right. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? This is the chopper! This is going to be quite a ride. <laughs> Welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. I am your host, Christian, and this, like I mentioned, is the Movie Pit Podcast, where we talk about the big breaking movie news items of the week, and we also spotlight some trailers that came out this week, and we'll talk about the movies that are out in theaters and streaming for all your viewing pleasures. Uh, it, it's been a minute. It's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> I apologize for that. Uh, that was very unintended uh, on my part. I definitely wanted to have something up last week because of Thanksgiving, um, but, uh, I didn't obviously, and I apologize for that. So, uh, hopefully all of you had a very happy and safe and fully and filling rather, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, from last week. And, uh, we're now in December and I have every intent and purpose with every fiber of my being to release a podcast, uh, for the rest of the month for all the month. And the, obviously the rest of the year, cause it's December already. It's crazy to think that it's already December and, um, I, I just, you know, don't want to, you know, end the new year on a whimper, so, or end the year on the whimper, rather, so, yeah, uh, expect a podcast uh, every week, I do have uh, one podcast loaded up as a, um, just in case, uh, it's another rewatch, but we'll, obviously we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That being said, let us uh, talk about the stuff that came out this week. Uh, it was a pretty big trailer week this week, so I think what we're going to do first is actually talk about the movie news. You, I always say we're gonna start off with trailer talk or the trailer spotlight, but uh, I think with with uh, the news that came out this week, it's very light. At least at the time of this recording, uh, I, I think it's just best to uh, talk about the movie news first because I can get through that uh, fairly quickly. In the trailers, I think we'll dig in not too much, but I think the trailers this week uh, overshadowed the news, uh, the movie news rather. So we're gonna talk about the movie news first. First movie news item we're gonna talk about is Ang Lee, uh, Sony's. 3000 Pictures has finalized a deal with director Ang Lee, of course, the director of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Brokeback Mountain, Life of Pi, and uh, recent, uh, most recently, not his last movie, he directed the movie after that, uh, back in his native country, Gemini Man, that was, that was his last movie. He will direct Bruce Lee. It is a biopic, of course, of the legendary martial artist and movie star Bruce Lee. Not only that, Ang Lee's son, Mason Lee, who is also an actor, will play Bruce Lee himself. And in case anyone is wondering, I don't feel like I need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Mason Lee, uh, Ang Lee, no relation to Bruce Lee whatsoever. But uh, they just happen to have the same last name. That's all it is. Uh, Sharon Lee, who does have a relation to Bruce Lee, it is his daughter, uh, will appear. uh, Or, well, not not appear, rather, but she will produce the movie. So uh, we will have some Sharon uh, Lee involvement in this picture, obviously. Um, depictions uh, recently of Bruce Lee, most particularly uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, did not fare uh, very kindly to Bruce Lee, and, and Sharon Lee took exception to that. But uh, she is a producer on the movie. Uh, so Dan Futterman, who is currently re- is currently rewriting the script, rather, Futterman has worked on films like Capote and Foxcatcher, so this movie is, they're taking a very serious route with this, with, with him attached, and with Ang Lee, of course, uh, attached as well. Ang Lee has reportedly been quietly working on the movie for a long time, 
and finally getting the chance to do it, while Mason Lee has been training for the role for the last three years. And by the way, like I mentioned, Mason Lee is an actor, and resemblance-wise, uh, pretty close. There was a picture of him and, and, and Bruce Lee together, you know, a lot of the uh, outlets and stuff, and they look uh, they don't look alike, but they look fairly like you know. Obviously, if anyone's gonna play Bruce Lee on camera, uh, he Mason Lee's pretty a pretty decent casting, uh, and Mason Lee I mentioned uh, you know it wasn't like Ang Lee went to his son be like, hey, you're gonna appear in my movie. No, uh, I'm pretty sure he put some work into it, or maybe Ang Lee just wanted to work with his son. He's only worked with the son once. He was in uh, Mason Lee was in Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Uh, he was also in The Hangover Part 2, uh, and he's been doing a lot of movies overseas. He was recently in a tai- Taiwanese romance comedy called Stand By Me, and he's done a few Hong Kong dramas, which actually got him nominated for Best Supporting Actor. So he's put in the work, and he's putting in the work to, to you know, play Bruce Lee and, and for the movie. So I can't really, you know, nag on the guy too much. He's putting in the work. So, I mean, I'm not going to, you know... I, nepotism conversation aside you know like i said he's putting in the work i don't know the man i don't know why i'm defending him so much but um he's putting in the work so there you go angley doing that um next movie news guillermo del toro did an interview with indie wire uh which i believe they'll be publishing uh fairly soon but this little tidbit got out and it looks like he let it be known that he, he may finally be doing something that has eluded him for many many years a passion project of his, and if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro as much as I am, you probably know what I'm talking about. It is an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's The Mountains of Madness. The movie, which he conceived as a live-action movie, may finally come to life as an animation stop-motion movie, or a stop-motion animation movie. He actually talked with, uh, in the interview, he mentioned that he talked with uh, Phil Tippett, obviously, uh, a master of the stop motion game of the visual uh visual uh actual visual effects like on set visual effects game uh phil tippett directed mad god that came out on shutter uh i think earlier this year or last year but he's also involved in jurassic park and the star wars movies and just a bunch of other stop motion stuff uh phil tippett's the man when it comes to stop motion and if he's if Guillermo del toro went to phil tippett and you know convinced him and sold him, and Del Toro sold himself while talking to Phil Tippett about doing The Mountains of Madness finally as a stop-motion animation, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go and and watch that, Uh, of course. And like I mentioned, he's been working on this for a while, so he's mentioned it that he's been working on it since 2006, which is right when Pan's Lambeth came out, and he kind of finally stopped working on it, uh, kind of gave up on the idea of finally doing it because Hollywood just didn't want to do it because he, you know, pr- was proposing a, a pretty big budget uh, adaptation of it around 2015 when Crimson Peak came out, and that was also around the time where Prometheus came out, and Prometheus uh, has some Mountains of Madness vibes and connections and homages to, uh, to the story. So Del Toro kind of saw Prometheus and he was like, "Well, that kind of already did it, so uh, there's no reason for me to." kind of do my adaptation which um no just go ahead and do it but why <laughs> but you know, i get it and del toro to his credit did release a decades old cgi uh test uh online that everyone went crazy for to kind of give us the tone of what it was and it just made people want the movie more 
And for those unfamiliar, I keep mentioning it. I, I don't know if anyone, you know, actually knows what the story's about. The story, the bare basics of the story is it's a, it's about a doomed exploration uh, to Antarctica. And it's told to the perspective of one of the explorers who happens also to be a doctor and acts kind of as a warning to others interested in seeing, at the time, the undiscovered, or not undiscovered, but un, um, you know, not, you know, very well-known uh continent that was antarctica or that is antarctica it's still a continent uh so uh but yeah this is really cool i i i like i mentioned i've been a fan of the tours for a long time and i know that this has been a passion project of his and the fact that he may finally be able to do it and to do it as a stop motion animation is pretty cool obviously he has pinocchio coming out next week on netflix which we'll talk about uh when we get next week but uh, i mean obviously once we all watch pinocchio and I don't know if there's any uh, word of mouth on Pinocchio. I haven't actually really checked. I know it had a screening and people watched it. And I think people were relatively kind to it from the from what the word that was able to get out. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But um, if he wants to do a, finally a Mountains of Madness movie and he has to do it through stop motion animation, then uh, I'm all game. I'll, I'll watch anything Del Toro does. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all game for that. All right, and the final news bit that we're going to talk about is it's news that made just about everyone that heard it a little bit angry <laughs> or at least at the very at the very least somewhat uh displeased a reimagining of the classic 1990 or yeah, 19 I'm sorry, 1969, I can't read uh my own writing. Uh Culture Culture film Easy Rider is an early development. Um the original film like I said, is credited with showing the changing landscape in America through the lens of young people. It was written by Terry Southern, Dennis Hopper, and Peter Fonda, uh, which Hopper ended up directing and, of course, uh, starring in with Fonda. They also had a young Jack, Nichol- uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, who, which kind of jump-started his career, too, and made people more uh, noticeable to who he was. All the while, they were on drugs. Uh, famously, just about... Everyone on that set, from the actors to the extras to the, to the crew, were all on drugs. And it's a little scary when you remember that the movie is a movie about people on motorcycles. <laughs> so they're all on drugs. They're high on whatever they can get their hands on at the time on motorcycles dr- down the open road. So anyway, the new producers on the movie, which hold the rights to the project in general are currently looking for bold writers and directors to update the project with modern times or for modern times rather with quote the same fringe spirit they also released a brief statement which i'll read because it's important to know it's important to what i want to say afterwards and it's important to know what you know the, the headspace and the mindset of, of what they want to do so here's their quote our goal is to build upon the counterculture culture and freedom narrative of the that the original left us with and give the youth of today a film that pays serious attention to their own counterculture and challenges. What are the young viewers of today what the young viewers of today are experiencing in their everyday lives may seem crazy to older generations, but it can very well become the societal norm as was the case with the culture shift of the late 1960s. We are hoping to play a part in that shift. That's their quote pretty good quote you know in terms of where their mindset is and, and what they want to do but i, I want to say this first and, and I, I want to be straight up honest with some with everybody and something i probably shouldn't say considering i want to run a movie put uh, a movie podcast i have never watched easy rider what Food this man. 
I know. Stop yelling at me. Stop shaking your head. I know what it's about. I know how important it was and still to many is today. Never watched it. That's on me. That's something I definitely plan on fixing soon, especially now. So don't, don't worry about it. But even not watching it, knowing the legacy of this movie, it's not surprising to see and hear the outrage over the news. You guys know, if you've listened to this podcast enough, and I've, I've mentioned it every now and then when stuff like this breaks out, I'm not anti-remake, reboot, reimagining. I'm not. Unless it's not good. If the movie's not good, then yes, I'm not for it. And I have said sometimes on here, not all the time, but there are movies, even I know, you should not touch. Not even look at for a remake, a reimagining, reboot, whatever it is. And even not having seen Easy Rider, I knew, and I know, Easy Rider is one of those movies you do not touch and look at to reboot, reimagine, remake, what have you. The impact that movie made when it came out, and then later when people truly started to understand what it was about and what it is and what it stands for, even to today, with people watching it for the first time and knowing the history of the culture at the, of the time and what came afterwards. Easy Rider is a movie of its time, without a doubt. It still holds the same impact today, but that movie was truly a movie of its time and can't be replicated, no matter what you do. The mistake that these producers made was saying that this is an Easy Rider reimagining because the history the film has, the legacy that movie has, you're latching yourself onto that like any other movie that wants to, you know, any other remake and reboot reimagining that comes out. They could have just said this is a modern counterculture movement that is inspired by Easy Rider or wait until you after you finish the movie and say, yeah, we took inspiration from Easy Rider. Don't come out of the gate and say, yeah, we're reimagining Easy Rider. You're just asking for it at that point if you do that. And because Easy Rider was such a movie of its time, what does that look like in a modern lens? I mean, can a movie like Easy Rider be made and accepted today by everyone? Because Easy Rider wasn't accepted by everyone back in the day either. And especially by the target demographic that you want. You're, because there was no doubt in my mind that this reimagining has to be good. It has to be not just good. It has to be great, even. You can't remake, reimagine, reboot, whatever, where you want to put in front of it, Easy Rider and then make a crap movie. That's not going to ruin the legacy of the original film had, but but that is a very steep hill to climb. And how are you going to sell that movie? Because if the idea is to sell it to a younger demographic, the you know counterculture movement that you know you're saying you're saying that you want to pay, you know that you, that you want to include in this movie and sell in this movie, how are you going to do that? Because you know to be the old man here. <laughs> You know, especially me being a substitute teacher, I'm surrounded by teenagers all the time. I know how short their attention span is if it's not something they're truly interested in. If I randomly decide to show Easy Rider to the kids in school, a lot of them will be like, this is boring. I guarantee you, this is boring. Again, not having seen it. Just know, again, knowing what it's about, I'm sure some of them will probably say that. You can load this movie up with a young cast uh well-recognized actors even some veterans that you know people will know today and you can have an up-and-comer that can break out much like jack nicholson did in the original but if no one watches your movie then you have failed and not only that you have failed the name of easy rider 
And I don't even think you can name the movie Easy Rider because people will just be like, no, that automatically no. And look, I never want a movie to bomb or fail, no matter who's involved, if it looks terrible, if, even if I have zero intention of watching the movie. I never want a movie to fail or fall flat on its face. But like I said, this Easy Rider reimagining has a very steep hill to climb and the legacy that it has. And, a, and it's just, it's hard to imagine anyone trying to do that and be like, and being like, yeah, this is a good idea. No, <laughs> just, just, just no, just based me again, not having seen the movie, knowing everything around the movie, the, the, how people feel about it, the, the legacy behind it, all of it. Just no, don't touch it. That is all the news I have, at least at the time of this recording. Let us move on to our trailer spotlight. Usually it's one trailer, not this week, because I obviously I moved it around. We have three trailers we're going to talk about, and let's talk about the first one, which is probably an early contender, if not the winner, of the most ridiculous, bonkers movie of the year for next year, Cocaine Bear. Coming soon to theaters. Yes, I said Cocaine Bear, because Universal Pictures released the first trailer for their dark comedy Cocaine Bear, which... I guess people just found out about, and everyone now wants to watch it just based off the title, which, honestly, I don't blame them. Uh, the movie is, matter of fact, inspired by a real event that happened in 1985 when a bear found and ate a ridiculous amount of cocaine and found it from a crashed drug runner's plane. Now... I'm pretty that that's I think that's as far as the story actually got. And then they found the bear, obviously, like a while later, and they found all the cocaine inside its stomach. Because again, it ate a ridiculous amount of cocaine. Pretty sure the bear did not go on a killing spree like the movie is depicting. But regardless of that, this movie looks absolutely bonkers in all the right way possible. It's got an impressive cast, too. Elizabeth Banks, by the way, directs the movie, which is fairly cool uh carrie russell's in the movie o'shea jackson jr alden arian reich jesse taylor ferguson which based off the trailer doesn't look like he's gonna make it that much that far into the movie uh marvel martindale's in there also and of course the late ray liotta this was one of his last performances that he did before he sadly passed away this looks again absolutely bonkers and crazy and it, it just yeah, I mean, there's no other way to describe the movie. Just the title alone, Cocaine Bear. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Cocaine Bear opens next year on February 24th. Like I mentioned, probably an early and easily the winner of the most bonkers absolute out there movie of next year. All right, let's move on to the next big trailer that came out. Paramount released the first trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And I want to say I'm looking forward toward a new Transformers movie. But then I remembered, besides Bumblebee, uh, we've been burned before and these movies aren't really all that great. But th this looks like it could change it. Uh, the movie is based off the, of course, fan favorite 90s Beast War storyline is set following... Uh, it's set in the 90s and follows the events uh, following Bumblebee, which itself was a prequel and a soft reboot, sort of, and I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Anyway, the movie follows the Autobots and Decepticons continuing their fight against each other, but now three new factions have entered the fight in the Maximals, the Predacons, both of which transform into giant beasts, or animals from, you know, 
The last faction is the Terracons, a group of Decepticons that transform into monsters. Very much of a different breed. The movie will take the fight from Brooklyn all the way to Machu Picchu. Pretty sure stuff in between. Steven Kalpel Jr., who directed Creed 2, will take over directing duties, while Michael Bay, of course the director of all the other Transformers movies, is still attached in a producer role. Some new voices to the cast include Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal. Pete Davidson is voicing Mirage, which is looks like he's going to be kind of or somewhat new Bumblebee in the movie anyway, in terms of, you know, being attached to the main hero of the story. Michelle Yeoh is going to be voicing one of the Maximals called Arizol. Giant Eagle that we see in the trailer at, at one point. Lisa Koshi is voicing RC, who we see a lot in the trailer. She's the kind of pink schemed Autobot, uh, the one that's, you know, in, right next to the the minivan or not is it a minivan it's not really a minivan the old volkswagen vans um that um you know where the missile kind of passes her that's that's rc uh peter dinklage and john dimaggio also voice a couple characters in the movie or will voice characters in the movie the human cast includes anthony ramos who is uh like i mentioned earlier our new lead he's paired up with mirage at some point uh and will probably be with him throughout the entire movie uh dominique fishback from judas and the black messiah is also in there i don't think we see here maybe she's uh the character uh that's standing next to anthony ramos's character at the beginning of the trailer i didn't quite see i was more focused on uh optimus primal jumping out uh from the water or from the from the waterfall into the lake in front of him and you know being who you would just, you know, a giant gorilla standing next to Optimus Prime. But, uh, and it does look like also we'll have another child or teen actress getting caught in the middle, but I couldn't find anything about her, so I, I don't know uh, who she is or, or who she's playing or how she's related to the, to the characters. Looks-wise, like I mentioned, this movie looks pretty cool. The CGI is very crisp. It's awesome-looking. All of it looks, looks great. It looks like what a Transformers movie should have been looking like. And when they're all charging at each other at the end of the trailer, the, at the end of the trailer, yeah, the, the, the little kid in me was like, yeah, I want to get excited. I do. I, I should be getting excited, but it's just we've been burned before and these movies aren't good. And then the thing that bothered me that I mentioned a little bit earlier is that this is just this is still a prequel. Bumblebee was a prequel to the storyline that we already have seen with the michael bay movies even though it doesn't really make that much sense so this is continuing that so this is kind of a sequel to bumblebee but it's also its own thing uh they're saying it's kind of a standalone movie but it's also going to start a new trilogy of transformers movies they really need to get the timeline fixed up if you think the x-men the 20th century fox x-men storyline was difficult no th this is starting to become that it's th like why like none of this makes sense but i want to get excited and part of me is because i used to love the the beast wars cartoon as well I, I grew up watching that and i love that and i always thought that they should kind of want i've been wanting to do that and when it was announced that this project was happening and that it was potentially going to be a beast wars kind of movie i got excited because i remember those that cartoon and those characters and we're going to see that now on the big screen and it looks good i I hope that this is more bumblebee transformers and not michael bay transformers because one of those is better than the other and the other one is a sad disappointment that 
by the end, fans, even the fans that really like those movies were like, no, I don't remember what happened in the last Transformers movie. I really don't. There's Nazis involved or they're, they're, they were in World War II at some point. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Transformers Rise of the Beast will open on June 9th of 2023. That's next year. Obviously, talk more about that once more stuff comes out and once we get closer to the release date. And finally, the last spotlight trailer of the week is the new trailer that Illumination Entertainment and Nintendo dropped on us. It is a new trailer for Super Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers movie, as it's being called. And this continues to look good. It really does. Uh, we also finally hear Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, and we hear a little bit more Charlie Day as Luigi, plus just about everything you probably love of Mario, which I didn't think we'd even get in the movie, let alone the trailer. So the basic setup of the movie that we got from the first trailer, or teaser, whatever, and, and now this one is that Bowser, of course voiced by Jack Black, is looking for the stars to be all-powerful. And we get the idea that obviously obviously from the games that bowser is going after princess peach next and it kind of seems that way in in this new trailer and the only one that can help her and the only one willing to help her considering that she is surrounded by toads and at one point one of them says what are we supposed to do we're adorable and it makes cute face is mario who has now been thrust into the mysterious world of mushroom kingdom now like i mentioned there's a lot of cool stuff here uh the literal opening of the trailer is Mario facing off against Donkey Kong in a kind of gladiator-like arena, very reminiscent of the Donkey Kong game. And and it's it's pretty cool. It starts off really funny. It looks like, you know, it's going to be a, a even fight or whatever, and then no, Donkey Kong just goes to town on Mario. We see Peach in the movie. She isn't a damsel in distress. She is more than capable. It looks like she's wearing a battle suit at one point. Uh, and we can see that she's using the fire flowers. And there's even at one point that it's her and Mario and they're standing in a field of them. And it looks like she can control them uh, very comfortably. And, you know, not obviously setting herself on fire. Not that anyone sets, herself, sets themselves on fire in the, in the Mario world. And we that is followed by Mario training. And it gives us homages to the game, like standing on uh, one of the ledges for too long. And then it drops uh, the fire rope, even though it's not on fire. Uh, Bullet Bill, or at least some sort of variation of bullet bill like cannon bill maybe who knows uh but and then he, at one point he's literally flying around with the first suit i know there's an actual name for it and i can't think of it and i couldn't think of it when i was writing my outline and i said i was gonna look it up and i didn't but he's flying around in the suit at one point and i think that's really cool and we see a bunch of different uh colored yoshis running around as well the interdimensional stream which i'm guessing is probably how mario and luigi got separated because the teasers and in, in here mario and luigi really aren't together uh when they're kind of in mushroom kingdom or even around browser uh, bowser sorry not browser because mario is, lands outside the mushroom kingdom and gets taken into it and luigi somehow ends up near all the danger <laughs> and he's being you know captured and and you know his beard or his mustache is getting plucked there is that so i don't know maybe that interdimensional is how they get lost at some point or how they find their way back home i don't know but we see that there but the thing that threw me off is carts yes we will have mario kart in the movie and we have the rainbow bridge it's like i mentioned it's almost like there's too much like, save something for potential and most likely sequel that, Mar- that the Super Mario Bros. movie will get. 
and granted, Mario has years and years of games and lore behind it, so there is stuff they can pull that hasn't been used yet, but trailer-wise, it, it seems like there's a lot going on, and it seems like there's going to be a lot going on in the movie, but as long as it's good, I don't care. And, and obviously, uh, everyone is still up in arms about the voice casting of, of everything, a.k.a. Chris Pratt as Mario, and personally, I'm over it. Like, yes, it's not the greatest casting choice, but that's not going to stop me from watching this movie. If it stops you, then to each their own, but considering this is only the second Mario movie ever, and Nintendo has worked closely this time with Illumination to get this right, I think we're okay. Casting-wise, yes, you, we, we can, you know, debate casting all the time, but movie's done, it, it's, it's happening, whether you like it or not, and at, how it looks, you know, I think I doubted this movie... I think I doubted the decision, not the movie itself, but I think I doubted the decision of Nintendo going with Illumination because at the time, obviously, Illumination, obviously known for Despicable Me and the Minion movies, Secret Life of Pets, highly successful, great, awesome. But I think it it, it came as, not as a shock, but I think it came as a surprise to me that they would choose Illumination. Obviously, again, knowing the history of Illumination and how successful they are, it, it made sense that Nintendo would go to them. But uh, I just... I think I doubted it at first, and um, after the teaser and now this, the, the movie looks amazing. It looks like a Mario movie, and I am going to go watch it. So, the Super Mario Bros. movie will open next year on April 7th. We'll obviously talk more about that if another trailer drops, and once we get closer to the release date. So, those are all your trailers. Uh, obviously, there are more trailers that came out this week. Those will be linked down below in the description slash show notes area, along with the spotlight trailers as well. Obviously, there's a new trailer for uh, A Man Called Otto. That's the new Tom Hanks movie that's coming out in January. A new A24 movie, When You Finish Saving the World with Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard. That also comes out next year. Uh, we got a trailer for Bed Rest with uh, Melissa Barriaro. I think I forgot how. Say, I didn't write down her name because I thought I wouldn't remember her last name, and apparently I didn't. Uh, but she was from Scream. She's she's one. She's uh, Jenna Ortega's older sister in the movie. Um, so that's what she got. She's got a new movie called Bed Rest that opens uh, next week. We'll talk about that next week, and then uh, also opening next week that we got a trailer for is the Mean One. This that that is the uh, horror. Uh, Mr. Gr- or the Grinch movie. I keep. I don't know why I call him Mr. Grinch. The Grinch movie. The horror Grinch movie that everyone uh, is up and uh, is you know clamoring for and or not clamoring for, but everyone uh, once they saw that uh, that this was getting made, they were like, "Huh, I guess we want to watch that." They want to watch that, and then the Winnie the Pooh uh, horror movie as well. It it doesn't look good. I'm sorry. It just no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put myself through that. All right. So all those trailers and anything else, any any other trailer that drops that I may have missed or anything, will be linked down below in the description slash show notes area. Let us move on to finish the podcast off with the movies that are coming out in theaters and streaming for all your viewing pleasures. Nope. Uh. So literally, as I finished editing. A podcast like literally like just that edit just finished i was like okay i'm gonna you know convert and all that nope uh comic-con experience uh is going on right now and that's the comic-con that usually happens in brazil and disney's over there and they were part of the first day and they decided to just drop the teasers for not just one movie for two movies and we're gonna talk about both of them uh the first one is of course uh indiana jones Five, uh, finally got its title, and the other one is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So, like I said, we're gonna talk about Indiana Jones first. Uh, so, the first trailer for Indiana Jones Five, now called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, 
Uh, that dropped. Harrison Ford, of course, is coming back as Indiana Jones, uh, knowing he's too old for Grand Adventures, but being dragged into one regardless. Why? Who knows? We don't really get that from the trailer, although we can probably make the assumption that it has to do something with Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, who is his goddaughter or his granddaughter, something along those lines. Um, it's mentioned in the trailer, but it, said, it kind of said it too fast, and I forgot what it was. Uh, but they are related <laughs> in in some way. So maybe he's coming in to kind of help her out because she's, you know, on track of something, and, you know, nefarious people are behind her. Who knows? But uh, we, we don't really know anything too much about the movie uh, anyway. Uh, obviously, it will involve Nazis, because you can't really have an Indiana Jones movie without Nazis. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, uh, she, she's in it a lot, actually, in the trailer. She looks like she's going to be part of the action. There's at one point her and, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Indy, uh, they're in, like, this massive tomb, and, um, we get some, you know, callbacks to the old friend, to the old movies with uh, a giant boulder at one point, and, yeah, it, it looks, it looks like she's going to be a part of the story in some way and there's been rumors that this is going to be a passing of the torch will it be her it'll be interesting to see if it's actually her or not so uh, again we we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one of the things that uh, is very apparent in the trailer is the de-aging effect that they used on harrison ford because it de-aged him for it looks like a lot of there's going to be some flashback sequences that uh, maybe coincide with what's going on in the quote-unquote present timeline that's going on so he looks you know, they de-aged him very, very good. It, the The aging effect looks very, very good on on Harrison Ford. So it's, you know, obviously, um, I don't, I don't think it's Kingdom Skull. I think it's earlier. He looks rather younger, so it looks more like Raiders, something along those, uh, something along that timeline. Well, obviously, I have to wait and see on, on that. But uh, the aging effect and that looks very, very good. And we get uh, a brief glimpse of Mads Mikkelsen, who is playing the villain playing the um, presumably the lead nazi in the in the uh, in the movie uh that has to do something i think he's in the past kind of that's kind of what it looks like so i don't know what's going on like maybe we'll have a um you know older mads mickelson maybe he'll he'll get a little bit of a de-aging effect as well let's wait and see on that but i think he is playing the main villain of the movie boyd horbrook is also part of the cast it looks like he's also playing a bad guy uh because he's chasing down indiana jones in a uh, parade it looks like i don't really know exactly what the parade is uh, i'm sure we'll get a greater context to that and maybe i just missed something and it is a particular parade that's important we'll have to obviously wait and see on that uh, other cast members include toby jones who is part of a train sequence well, it looks like him and indy are on top of a, of a train at one point uh antonio antonio Banderas is in the movie it looks like he's locked up um or somewhere looking very pensive uh, so he's not in the trailer too much and then we have the returning uh john reese davies as shala who is talking to indy at the beginning and telling him that you know i miss all the adventures i miss the desert and convince and trying to convince indy that um you know the days of those adventures are not over even though indiana jones thinks they are and indy's you know back in the classroom he's in professor mode we see him like in like maybe some sort of basement where he's like looking for something yeah so um he's out of the game uh obviously until the events in the movie start popping up and the whole teaser is showing off really cool looking action set pieces if anything the movie's gonna have a lot of action it's gonna be very adventurous and that's gonna probably be worth the price of admission alone the only thing the only thing that is getting to me and i've seen a little bit of it online i, I didn't really do a deep dive onto what the reaction was for the trailer Besides the overall general excitement for a lot, from a lot of people, the movie looks like it has 
very heavy CG. I'm not talking about the aging effect. I already mentioned the aging effect. It looks great. The, the aging effect looks awesome. Granted, we've only seen like little bits of it in the trailer. We'll have to wait to see, you know, how it looks in the movie. But the big one is the parade. Um, and the car chases that probably lead from the parade to, to that. And even the horse in the subway. Because uh, Indiana Jones uh, is on a horse at one point. <laughs> and he's getting away. It looks very CG heavy. And yes, Harrison Ford is not, you know, a young man anymore. He is an older man. And he can't jump from car to car anymore like he used to. But it, it should be known. It's it's fairly obvious that it is very CG heavy. And we, movie, the whole movie probably won't be like that. But And obviously CG, you know, I'm not knocking CG. I'm not against CG at all. But these movies have obviously always been known to have uh, very limited CG. And, and here it looks like they're, you know, relying on it now. Is it going to affect the viewing of the movie? Probably not. If the movie's good, especially if the movie's good, I don't think anyone's going to care or matter about that, but should be noted. Uh, fairly obvious. James Mangold is taking over directing duties. James Mangold, of course, Ford vs. Ferrari, Logan, The Wolverine, 310 to Yuma. Very good director, very capable director, and I think uh, he's also a, 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 um, a fan. He's a self-proclaimed fan of the franchise, so uh, I think it's in good hands with him. I, I do trust James Mangold with it. Uh, but we'll have to obviously wait and see what happens. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will open on June 30th of next year. I'm going to see we'll talk more about that movie when more trailers and we can, once we get closer to the release date next year as well. Okay, let's talk about the second trailer that came out. And like I mentioned, that second trailer is the first teaser for the highly anticipated Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I'm pretty sure we're all going to collectively cry because you Bet your ass we are crying at the end of this movie. Because, like, why is Mantis crying so much? Why is Peter in anguish? It looks like someone he truly cared about is dead in front of him. And everyone, including myself at this point now, is saying it's Rocket. I'm believing that it is Rocket. That if Even more so uh, with the particular line that Rocket says in the trailer, it feels like he's saying goodbye. And, uh, you know, he's talking about like, you know, we let's, we'll, we'll take that one last trip, you know, out, you know, into space or I forgot the exact quoting, but it's something along those lines. And James Gunn has even said that volume three is going to be very emotional and has said that Rocket is going to play a huge part in volume three. And we see that a little bit in the movie because he had, we're going to see his origin, the person that created Rocket in the movie is the high evolutionary who is going to be the villain of the movie and, and is played by Peacemaker star. I'm going to butcher his name. Chuck Woody Iwoji. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, he played the head of the, the group in Peacemaker. Um, the guy that uh, works with, you know, uh, the, the head of the group that Peacemaker uh, ends up getting teamed up with. So he's playing the high evolutionary. And I think Rocket's not, I just think he's not going to make it, guys. It, it, that's what this trailer is giving out. Everything that we've heard about it um, that has been said, it sounds like so someone's not making it out uh, of this movie, uh, of this group. And we have to be prepared for that. Uh, but let's talk about the rest of the trailer. Uh, we finally see Will Poltar's uh, Adam Warlock, who looks like he's tracked down the Guardians to nowhere. And it looks like he's beating down Nebula at one point. Which, if you haven't watched the holiday special, by the way, I highly recommend you do because uh, it's very, very good. And it's also uh, revealed there why the Guardians are nowhere. Because the Guardians, 
in the time that we saw them last time, have bought nowhere from the Collector. And Adam Warlock could also be seen as the villain of the movie since uh, Elizabeth Dubecki's character, Aisha, from Volume 2, is likely still pissed off at them for uh, taking down her forces. And, you know, one of the post credit scenes was uh, her looking at a chamber where presumably Adam Warlock was to release him into the world and to track down the Guardians. We don't get a lot of Adam Warlock. We only see that scene of him uh, showing it, show, showing him off and, you know, punching Nebula. We don't see him punching Nebula, but it's assumed that he is taking, he's the one that, you know, takes down Nebula in, in the trailer. Um, so he's going to probably play a very important part. And James Gunn has said he's, Adam Warlock was one of his favorite characters and he was finally um, on board to finally bring him on board and, and or bring him into the movie on board, obviously bring him into the movie and uh show him off so that's gonna be very interesting to see how they turn that out and then we have gamora who is pretty much by herself in the trailer with the, there is the exception a couple exceptions i only thought there was one but there was actually two there was one exception uh where she's helping mantis with drax and it looks like they're probably back in prison at some point because it looks like they're wearing uh jumpsuit jumpsuits or prison jumpsuits but i watched this trailer again um i watched it i've seen it multiple times now because that's what I do. Um, but there's that shot uh, near the end of the trailer, or teaser, whatever you, whatever this is, whatever it's classified. I think it's classified as a teaser. But there's that shot of all the Guardians in their new suits, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, walking through, like, fire and smoke. Now, that said, she, she's there. She's in the background. That said, it could just be a shot that Marvel put in the trailer because Marvel is known for doing that. They're known for putting shots that are not in their trailers are not a part of the movie infinity war obviously being the big one either way uh we know that of course this isn't the same gomorrah that we know it's the past timeline gomorrah and the movie will be dealing with with peter dealing also knowing that he has to see this woman who is essentially the woman he loves but not really and um you know gomorrah's story is also her finding her own way in this new timeline with everyone seeing her as her but not really her it's it's yeah it's it's a little confusing when you put it in that context but uh it makes sense obviously then the suits very briefly uh the suits look like they are they're all matching and it looks it looks like they just pulled them straight from the comics which is pretty cool and we get our first look at those suits pretty much as soon as the trailer opens because we see uh the guardians landing presumably you would think at on earth because it looks like they're stopping in a suburb but no they are on some sort of alien planet that looks very much like earth that looks like a suburb and when they get off the ship they see just a bunch of aliens or you know whatever you want whatever they are uh even dressed up as humans like in suits and stuff like that and then of course there's a little girl alien with a ball and she rolls it over uh, to drax and drax catches it and of course drax in drax fashion chucks it at the little girl's face and pisses everybody off and then they're get they get rocks thrown at them um and you know the guardians have to go away but it also looks like later in the trailer that that ship goes down obviously i don't think it's probably the people i think something else is going on uh but uh it looks like that ship's going down and um they're trying to get away from it at one point it looks like peter and, and group are trying to get away from it at one point so this trailer is just filled with emotion and heart and knowing that this is James Gunn's last Guardians movie, knowing that this is the last time we'll see this particular lineup 
of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, if they do more Guardians movies in the future or when the Guardians show up again, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be those same characters. James Gunn has repeatedly said that. So I think has Kevin Feige. So like I said, it's going to be a rough watch in a good way. Not in the movie's going to be a terrible way. It's just going to be a rough watch to see these characters go through whatever it is and um, whatever, you know, outcome may may come from it and i wanted to add one more tidbit to the rocket potentially not making it and I, I it hurts me when i say i know it hurts you or maybe he, maybe he does maybe he does make it and he goes his own way because we do see him at one point hugging uh i believe it's lyra the otter from the comics and in the comics lyra the otter is actually rocket's love interest so i don't know if maybe that's a flashback memory of rockets or at one point rocket gets captured by the high evolutionary uh, because there's a lot of shots with the Guardians that Rocket's not a part of. So maybe at some point Rocket is kidnapped by the High Evolutionary again. And it's the Guardians trying to go and, and find Rocket. But there is times where Rocket is with the group. So it's, it's again, we don't really know too much about the movie. So we're just piecing together whatever we can from the trailers and stuff. What I want to talk about is at the end of the trailer, or one of the tidbits at the end of the trailer, we typically see that 360 shot of Rocket and Groot as Rocket is firing his guns and Groot is yelling and sometimes, you know, shooting uh, tree branches and stuff. Here, though, it is Rocket, who has been, you know, he's bulky. He's been he's been working out. He's, you know, he's swole, he's swole Groot, uh, or swole Groot now. Um, and Peter doing the 360 shot. And it's Groot who is holding multiple blasters uh, with, his, with his arms and then his tree branches coming out of him, shooting, and while also still yelling, because, you know, that's what he does. It's an interesting shot, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and I, I think the connection between Peter and Groot has been growing since Volume 2. Uh, Peter has learned to start to understand Groot, and kind of, you know, when he, Groot was a teenager, Peter was always the one, you know, trying to kind of take care of him as well. So, speculation. Again, all we can do is speculate and, and hope that, you know, everyone makes it out okay. It doesn't look like he's going to make it out. Everyone's going to be making it out okay, but that's the hope. So, this trailer shows us... It is going to be an emotionally damaging movie with cool action and comedy because the other part uh, of the trailer, the end part, is Drax or the Guardians and Drax and Peter's interaction where Drax is saying he wants to kill people and Peter's like, no, you can't kill people. And then finally Drax at one point just says, fine, just one person, one stupid person that no one's going to miss, which I think is just a great line. It's, it's absolutely great. So yes, highly looking forward to it, highly anticipated, definitely want to watch this. I, I've been wanting to watch it no matter what. This just makes the wait even longer, and we can tell ourselves we're going to be ready when that movie comes out, but there, there is no shot we're going to be ready for whatever happens. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will open, Volume 3 rather, will open on May 5th of 2023. Okay, that is all the trailers. Now, finally, that I got for you guys. Now let's move on to the movies that are coming out this weekend and streaming in theaters and streaming for all your viewing pleasures. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, streaming. I uh, only was able to see two of these, or not actually watch them, but I was only able to see that there are two streaming movies. If, then, if there's any other streaming movie, then I apologize, but this is the ones that I was able to come up with. Um, so we have Troll, which is, by the time this podcast goes up, 
is already out on Netflix. Uh, this looks really, really cool. I've been looking forward to this movie since I first saw the teaser way back when, um, earlier this year, maybe even late last year when it came out. Uh, but this is a uh, Norwegian movie, and uh, it follows, obviously, a giant troll waking up and uh, it uh, quickly making its way toward Oslo at one point. And everyone who discover the troll and lore and everything trying to stop it in some way, shape, or form. This looks really, really cool. I'm, I'm doing a very poor job of explaining it, but it, it looks really awesome. So um, there you go. Troll out on Netflix already if you want to go watch that. I know I'm watching that this weekend. So there you go. Uh, in the other uh, streaming movie, this is going to be on AMC+. Plus. It's also in a limited capacity in theaters, Christmas with the Campbells. This is uh, co-written by Vince Vaughn. Yes, that Vince Vaughn. Uh, when Jesse gets dumped right before the holidays by her boyfriend Sean, his parents convince her to spend the holiday or spend Christmas with them and Sean's handsome cousin while Sean is away. There you go. That story, Justin Long and Brittany Snow star in the movie. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Brittany is Jesse and the handsome cousin is Justin Long. So it is a Christmas romance story again on uh, AMC Plus. I almost said Disney Plus on AMC Plus and also uh, in a limited capacity in theaters. Uh, sticking with the limited releases this week, this one is limited release in theaters this week, and then it will jump to Apple TV Plus. Next week, it's Emancipation. This is the new movie uh, directed by Anton Folkwall that is based on the true story of an escaped slave turned Union soldier who showed the horrors of slavery at the time when he allowed a picture to be taken of his back showing all the scars of the brutal whippings that he had uh, suffered uh, throughout his time. And uh, this stars Will Smith. This is the new Will Smith movie. Obviously, you've probably seen him do some promotion on... Um, various uh late shows and stuff like that so this is it uh this is that movie and um it it, lo it looks it looks pretty good it, it's a it's a story it's obviously based on a true story and you know uh, everything that's going on with will smith i think you know we have to just push that to the side to just to enjoy the movie i mean to enjoy the movie as much as you can about movie about slavery uh but it it, it looks good uh, it's anton Foucault, it's will smith it's uh, ben foster stars in the movie as well david uh denim stephen Ogg. it looks it yeah it's coming out on limited release and it's coming out on apple tv plus next week so if you can't see it in theaters you can watch it at home uh then other nimbler other limited the other limited release uh that's apparently a hard word to say is The Eternal Daughter. This is a movie that follows a middle-aged daughter and her elderly mother must confront long-buried secrets when they return to their former family home, a once-grand manor that has become nearly vacant, brimming with mystery. This stars Tilda Swinton. It is directed by Joanna Hogg, who directed Swinton in The Souvenir and its sequel, which garnered a lot of critical acclaim. So this obviously has a lot of buzz behind it. Uh, it's also done by A24. So add more, more, add more buzz to it. So there you go. The Eternal Daughter is your other limited release and your wide releases this week. We have a re-release of Top Gun Maverick coming back into theaters because... Why not? It's one of the biggest movies of the year, one of the most highest grossing movies of the year. It's um, a movie that everyone really loves. It's a movie that we'll probably end up talking about at the end of the year. Uh, it's also now, it's coming out at the end of the year, especially now, uh, probably Oscar contender of some sort. I, I mean, you, you don't re release a movie in December without thinking that uh, you can get some Oscar you know, buzz around it. So 
there you go. Top Gun Maverick is getting re-released in theaters. I forgot one limited release. It's getting a wide release next week, but I do want to mention it anyway because I've been seeing a lot of commercials for it. It's spoiler alert. Uh, Jim Parsons uh, Jim Parsons stars in the movie along with Susan Sarandon. That's also based off a true story. Um, we'll talk more about that next week because it's getting a wide release, but I just wanted to mention that because I didn't write it on my, on my outline, but I didn't remember it's getting a limited release this week. So there you go. But your other wide release, the release that I'm the most looking forward toward is Violent Night. David Harbour is Santa Claus, who helps a wealthy family that has been attacked by a group of mercenaries in their estate on Christmas, trying to get all the money from their vault. They are led by John Leguizamo, who's playing the villain. It's David Harbour. He's awesome. He's playing Santa Claus. This looks ridiculously fun. And everyone has been saying it is ridiculously fun. And that's all I want. If you want to give me a violent Santa Claus beating the crap out of a bunch of mercenaries, I'm going to go watch that movie. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to go watch that movie. It is directed by um, Tommy. I always mispronounce his last name. Ricola. He directed uh, Dead, the, the Dead Snow movies, the Nazi zombie movies, uh, and he also directed uh, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Is it a good movie? No. But I really thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie when I first watched it and the bits and pieces that I have watched since then. Uh, so yeah, uh, he directed this movie. It, it looks fun. I mean, it, uh, what, what, what? Like, yeah, I know what it is. I'm pretty sure the movie knows what it is too. It's, it's Santa Claus being the crap out of people. I mean, come on, come on. Uh, so there you go. All right. Uh, so those are your wider, those are your movies, guys. Violent Night and Top Gun, uh, the Top Gun Maverick re-release are your wide releases. Limited release, you have uh, spoiler alert, which again we'll talk about more next week as it's getting its wide release. Then, uh, Eternal Daughter, the Eternal Daughter, with uh, Tilda Swinton, Emancipation. Again, that's also getting a release on Apple TV Plus. We'll talk, I'll mention that again next week. And streaming uh, on AMC Plus, Christmas with the Campbells and on netflix is troll that is it that is all i have for you on the podcast this week thank you very much for joining me on the podcast uh I, like i mentioned i will do my damnedest to make sure there's a podcast every week this month to end the year strong uh and yeah and i'll give you guys an update on the podcast what we're gonna have uh going on for the next year later down the line so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. That is it. That's all I got for you guys. Be sure to check out all the links down below in the description slash show notes area, trailers, social media, where you can listen to the podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Anchor. Uh, I'm on Good Pods. I, I don't know if this podcast will be up at that point, but I'm still trying to figure it out a little bit. So uh, I am on Good Pods. It may not be this week, but it will definitely be next week for sure. So keep an eye out on that. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, be sure to check out all the links. Be sure to follow on social medias. And um, be safe. Uh, it's, it's the weekend. I know that um, there's some storms brewing in or, or have already passed by this point. Uh, so if you're in that area, um, please be careful and stay safe and stay warm, obviously. So, yeah, I'll be thinking about you. All right. That's it. Uh, one last time, be good people, and as always, go watch some movies. Woo-woo! Yeah! Give it up! Movies!